Hello and welcome back to another We Are Sunland video. We've only been on a couple, off a couple of hours and we're back again. We're back again. Today I'm joined by Scott Wilson. He's he's come on to join me and Joe. Obviously on this morning. How are you both doing? Is, is there something happening, like? <laughs> Must be. Must is, there, be. Is, there, is there something going on to talk about? Yeah, what a no, what a dear. Yeah, so obviously, for those of you who haven't seen the new Sunderland and Michael Beale are set to part ways with one another, comes after back-to-back defeats against Birmingham City and Huddersfield. Firstly, Joe, I mean, does it come as a surprise? Um, yes and no. I think yes, in the sense that you felt as though it might have come straight after the game, with mm. especially with what happened, you know, the, the sort of Trey Hume incident as well, if, if that was a factor with it. You know the fact that we've got into into Monday suggests that you might have been able to see him getting into the weekend, or maybe even looking towards the international break. You know, after all, the club did hand Michael Bale the two and a half year contract, so this is not a sort of a short term thinking plan that they brought him in when replacing Tony Mowbray. But no, in the sense that it's just felt, it's, it's almost felt inevitable that it's going to be a struggle for him from the off. To be perfectly honest, I think that's the first game against Coventry when when. They were getting beat 3-0. It was a case of the supporters were kind of venting their frustrations at the decision and sort of showing their support for Tony Mowbray and that. And then it's just never really been able to get back from that, has it? You know, even despite a decent run over Christmas and into the new year, there was a little bit of a distraction with all of the derby noise and, you know, that FA Cup tie of Newcastle and everything that went on off the field. I do think, I think we spoke about this morning, didn't we actually, Matty? You know, that he got caught up in that probably unfairly. But then the performance and the result in that game is never going to lend yourself to warming any heart, is it? So that then fed into a couple of defeats in the league as well. And what we saw against Hull, where fans really sort of vented the frustrations. And when you lose the crowd, it's really difficult to to, to see that come back and pull that back. And he didn't even he didn't just lose them; he lost them in a big way, didn't he? You know, they really voiced their opinions at the end of that game, and then on social media throughout that weekend with things trending from to to leave the club little bit of a reprieve with the results but then sort of certain press conferences and things like that he probably didn't help himself in the way he came out and with words that he'd said in terms of hitting back a little bit of that criticism so it, it, it's always felt as though he's kind of a week or two away from being back in the mire if you will um and then obviously back-to-back defeats this week against teams that if you want to get in the top six you've got to go and get results in um the away form hasn't improved the form in general hasn't improved. I think Bale's 12 games, I know there's one of them that is the FA Cup game, but I think they pretty much mirror Tony Mowbray's last 12 games. So if you're bringing him in to make a change and, and progress, we haven't seen that so far. And if someone is serious about trying to get into the top six, there's sort of 13 games, quite 13 games of the season left to go and some really tough ones as well coming up next month. You, you're almost at a bit of a crossroads, aren't you? So from that point of view, no, I'm not surprised, but it, it it's short, isn't it? You know, 64 days, I think it is, 12 games. Yeah, particularly, obviously, we've had a comment through here, why no club statement? We are aware that there will be a club statement made in, in the coming few hours or so. Um, obviously, we, we don't know whether it's whether he's he's left the club off his own free will yet, whether he's resigned or whether there's been discussions with the hierarchy and he's been sacked at this stage. Scott, he, he made comments a couple of weeks ago, a couple of press conferences ago, it might be a matter of days ago, about being in it for the long run. I mean, how it's it's seems to have unraveled quite quickly, this one, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpick in all of this, isn't there? You know, the, there's the there's the why did it go wrong for Michael Beale angle to this, and then there's the where on earth does this leave Sunderland, and what questions does it ask about the decision making at the very top, um, and and you know, can the hierarchy be kind of trusted to get key decisions right? So. Um, let's start with Beale. Why did it go wrong for Beale? I think Joe's hit an awful lot of those nails on the head. You know, I don't think we're speaking really with the benefit of the hindsight when we're saying it didn't feel right from the outset because it didn't. It didn't feel like a particularly easy marriage, Beale and Sunderland. Um, now, partly, partly that's not his fault because there was no groundswell of really opinion to get rid of Tony Mowbray. There was then that 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 lengthy period, it, you know, kind of like we saw in the period before Alex Neal came in, where various names are getting bandied around, various options are there. You know, some of the overseas ones probably felt more appealing than Beale. So when it is Beale, straight away he's on the back foot. And then he's clearly not helped himself at various stages through his reign, both in terms of the way he set the side up and just... Um, the fact that he's made what was a really attractive sight to watch under Tony Mowbray far less appealing on the eye and no more effective in terms of results. So that counts against him. And then, you know, the kind of litany of off-field issues that just kind of kept coming, didn't they? The the Southern accent stuff, the, the kind of taking on the fans stuff, the tri-hume handshake. And again, you know, some of them weren't his fault. The, the Hume thing almost certainly, you know, wasn't his fault, but it just added to this idea of everything going wrong. Um, so so that's the kind of where did it go wrong for Beale angle. The other angle, as I think we had a, a question on Speakman there, is yeah. where does this leave Speakman, Kirill Levy-Dreyfus and the Sunderland hierarchy? Because... They didn't have to get rid of Mowbray. They made that decision because they felt they knew best. And it's been two months of utter disaster. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to think how this could have gone more wrong, really. And so now you're left with the situation where fans, quite rightly, are going to be saying, can, can they be trusted to, to be the ones running this football club and getting the next decision right? And... And they're going to have to do some real, real hard work to win over the supporters on that because, understandably, there's going to be an awful lot of doubts now. Yeah, I mean, it's plenty of valid points. As you say, there's so much to dissect in this. And I think at Michael Beale's first press conference as well, Christian Speakman came out and said, <coughs> sorry, he said that, no, I'm going to hold my hands up if, if this decision will fall on me. And now we're at that stage. Where do they go from here? What What's next? Because I know Will Still was a name that was bandied about a bit uh, before Michael Beale came in. If if you weren't going to pay the money, for example, to, to get a Will Still out of his contract, I'm not saying that this has happened, I'm just speaking metaphorically. If, if that has happened and, and you've then had to sack Michael Beale, you've then spent money, which you could have inadvertently spent elsewhere. As I say before, look, we don't know the ins and outs of, of this, but... You, there's so many questions that arise from this. I think Beale, the stats are Beale's the shortest long-term managerial, uh, uh, so, shortest managerial appointment in in the club's history. So that, that that has to be that's a real big admission of of getting that wrong. 
Yeah, so I'll tackle the question that's on the screen direct. I still think that Speakman and Kirill Louis-Dreyfus come as a package. I still think that Kirill Louis-Dreyfus is, is more than happy to have Speakman as his man on the ground, his key decision-maker, his sporting director. Now, if you're Louis-Dreyfus, you've got to be looking at this and thinking, well, this is a major black mark in, in the column against him. You know, we put our faith in disappointment and it hasn't worked. I would still be surprised if that meant that Speakman's days were numbered because I think there is that they're, they're that close together. So um, now, you know, will this result in a move away from the project, the model, whatever you want to call it? Will it make them rethink what they're doing in terms of their appointments, in terms of the way that they're running the club, in terms of so many of the key decisions that, that, that they've got wrong in the last few months? You would like to think so. You'd really hope so. Um, but I would still be surprised if Speakman wasn't running the 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 um, the ship and and kind of being in charge of what happens next. Because everything that I've heard up to this point makes me think that his relationship with Kiri Louis Dreyfus is still exceptionally close. Yeah, uh, just just sorry, Joe. Go on. I, I just think the main thing to take from that is is that this is. An acceptance of of a getting a decision wrong. Um, this is like I think it's what the fourth head coach slash manager that's been in charge in two years. If you go back to sort of Lee Johnson getting sacked when you know they obviously made the decision that they didn't think they were going to get in the automatic promo promotion spots in League One that season. I think it's documented on the Netflix series, isn't it? You know they had to make a decision. Alex Neil came in. He left for whatever reasons. He left for Tony Mowbray. He he did exceptionally well last year. Then he sort of found the same issues that Alex Neil was having. Stood, you could argue, sort of contested the policy or the structure of things. They turned out to be who they think then is the answer and it hasn't gone the way that they wanted. So, yeah, it's going to take a lot to sort of win supporters back over with this. And, it, it, you know, it, you would expect that it's going to be Mike Dodds who would go into interim charge now. They've really got to get this appointment right. And also you've got to look at the sort of the structure and just long term is it sustainable to keep cycling through managers and head coaches like that even with the model of the head coach just being there to look after the players and the day-to-day -day of, the, of the of the team and not only above that you know that there's a lot of things that they need to really address here because there, there are plenty of questions and sport is rightly going to be frustrated about yeah it's something we spoke about as well on the pod this morning i mean if you haven't had a chance to listen to it there's arguably very little little fresh <laughs> that, that we could say from that but you know the the situation that the club finds itself in, as we said on the pod this morning, I'll, I'll reiterate it again here, you can't come out and say, um, look, promotion's the aim, top two, blah de blah and then continue on, on the run of form that they were on. What I find interesting is that Speakman said as well in his um, press conference was effectively we, we saw the downturn in form coming. Now, did they see that downturn in form when Beal was there? Did they allow him to have a couple of games where it... Where went poorly, and then now we've, you know, that that peak we saw before this weekend sort of run of games, the the Huddersfield and the and the Birmingham game, has that tipped them over the edge? Did they think that you know the the turn of games just gone, the the three unbeaten was was that enough? But another comment come through here from from Joe, Speakman needs to be looked at and and finding a manager that will work under a director of football is difficult, and I think I think that's another valid point, isn't it? Because as we've touched on there, you've you've had the past three or four managers, Michael Beale hasn't obviously officially left yet, 
but there's Tony Mowbray was was critical of, of how things have, have worked in terms of bringing players in. The same with Alex Neal. It's it's difficult, as you say. Which who who in their right mind is going to want to come in? Having seen that, you know, all of a sudden four managers in two years. Yes, I I, I get the point that Sunderland are still not and coming quality team. They've got plenty of pedigree there, but you know, you need to get this one right. I think I think one of the things that I would say in response to that is it brings me back to one of the key questions that that I felt was was behind what happened to Tony Mowbray, and that is what do Kirill Louis Dreyfus and Christian Speakman want Sunderland yeah. to be? Do they want Sunderland to be a club? that has a long-term plan based around the development of young players, about being financially sustainable, about growing the club, about being strategic in everything you do, because that's the messaging that we're getting all the time, that that's what they want Sunderland to be. Or do they want Sunderland to be a club that have to get promotion? Because at the minute, I feel like that they're veering between the two wildly. If you If your priority is to get Sunderland promoted, then by all means, hire and fire managers at the drop of a hat if, if you think that that's if they're not doing that. But but then back them when they're in place by putting together a squad that is being built to win promotion. At the minute, the messaging that I get is that we want a manager who's going to come in and get us promoted, but we want to build a squad that's going to be okay for the next four years and is going to make us money. Well, the two for me don't sit together at the minute in the way that they're trying to put them together. If you want to build a squad for the long term and prioritise constantly buying young players and developing and improving them, then that's fine. But don't judge the head coach then on purely whether they're going to win promotion or not, because part of their job then has to be the nurturing and the development of those young players. And that's where I felt that getting rid of Mowbray jarred for me, because in that side of the job, he was doing everything right. Now, if your job is, if you're saying, no, we want a head coach to win us promotion, simple as that, fine. Don't get rid of Alex Pritchard. Don't get rid of Danny Bath. Don't don't get rid of players who could help you do it because it doesn't fit the other part of what you're trying to do. That's, that's for me, the fundamental issue at Sunderland at the minute, that they're going in two different directions, I think. Yeah, I mean, nail on the head there, Scott. It's something that we've said repeatedly on this is that, there are conflicting messages. The, I felt a, a notable point as well from Michael Beale was that we are a young team. We're not going to talk about how young we are. And then in the following, you know, press conferences that follow, it's been basically every everyone. You know, we are a young team. So which which is it? Where's that message coming from? Is it is it the young, a young team that needs developing that needs time? Come out and say that. Don't say. We're aiming for the top because it's clear that these players aren't quite at the level that are going to do that yet. That's the thing for me. I think you you look at the, the contrasting records of the last 12 of Mowbray and, and the 12 under Bale. There isn't a great deal of differences that, you know, Bale's maybe tinkered a little bit with tactics out of possession to try and make Sun a little bit harder to beat, but they're still conceding cheap goals. They're not as much as a threat. And then it goes back to kind of what we spoke about this morning is the squad good enough has it been equipped enough to fulfill those those sort of credentials and the aspirations what have been said and at the minute you'd have to say it wouldn't be so where's the ambition where's the the, the line in terms of getting the ambition of making that top two and competing for that top two or very much building on what you did last season or to what scott's point was 
just sort of bringing players in who have lots of potential who can maybe make money further down the line. I mean, we spoke about Romain Mundell today, didn't we? He impressed on his first day, first start. It's a, he's the sort of player that, you know, what makes this model, if you will, a success. But is that sustainable to try and build a squad that's going to get promoted? The disparity between the Championship and the Premier League at the minute would say no, because the teams that are coming down, there's the, the, the financial clout that they've got, the, the quality of players that they've got, you're going to do well to try and break into that. Obviously, Ipswich have had a go at it this year, and then they've gone again in January to try and break into it, knowing that if they don't, then they're probably going to find themselves possibly in a similar situation as what Sunderland are next season. And Sunderland now, they're running the risk almost of you then get lost a little bit in that in that chasing pack. You know, there's always sort of six, seven, eight teams that are in and around for large parts of the season, and then there'll, there'll be a couple that just drip, drift off. And if you get stuck in there, then what's your next move? You know, it, now it feels as though what is going on with the head coach? Who did he turn to? What did he turn to? Is it somebody in a foreign market, like you said before, with someone like Will Still coming in? Do they try and bring someone else in who knows this league? There's just so many things for them for them to consider with this. The only thing I would jump in and say on the back of this is that while it does feel utterly chaotic and and it's it's a farcical two months really, I think it's probably the right call to admit defeat early now and make the change yeah. because. It, it, you know, it, it's felt from the word go, really, that you're only one defeat, one bad performance, one misstep away from another crisis. And you can't have a club where week after week after week, the pressure's piling on the manager, the, the fans aren't happy, the results aren't there. You know, it, it wasn't going to be sustainable. For very much longer. So, so if you if that's the case, you might as well make the decision now. So, so for all that it feels utterly chaotic, and it is, I still think it's probably the right call to admit defeat early on in this and 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 say you know hold your hands up and say we've got this wrong because they have. Um, clearly, then it's what happens next, and that's what we need to see, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's it. It's it's where do they go from here? Because do do you inadvertently? Right, the season off. I think, obviously, as we've said, you know, Mike Dodds is is someone who will come in for the next couple of games. Uh, Glenn seems to think that that'll be Mike Dodds until the end of the season. I thought they could have went that way prior to Michael Beale coming through the door, just given you know Dodds's run of form when he was in that hot seat. What do you think, Joe? No, I totally agree. It was. I mean, it's it's no secret that obviously the squad felt very close to Tony Mowbray. He was sort of seen as that father figure, wasn't he? So then disrupting that and then bringing somebody else in was always likely to open itself up to, to possibly not work, and particularly when results didn't pick up either. But it's not just that. I think you can go, and I agree with Scott in terms of saying that it probably is the right call and it's the right decision to make it now rather than probably throw the season away. At least you, you may be looking at doing something. But the way the games have gone, like in the Titan sense, I think the seven of the 12 games, like the XG has been lower than one. It's been laboured hasn't it so that's not is it getting the most out of sort of the flair players that someone have got you know outside of jack clark we've spoke about that every other week you know if it's not hit through him then then what happens one thing you would say about michael bale is though he, he did get some goals from from the forward lines um you know two from roos and so far one from burst but at what expense and then there's been no continuity in in the selections of keeping one of them up front either it's been chopping and changing so how much of that is on the head coach you know that was on Tony Mowbray before it's been on Michael Beale now or how much does that go back again to above there and the recruitment in the summer 
Interestingly, Scott, um, obviously Will still was someone who was heavily linked. Dwight's come through with this comment and says, do you think if they go for still in the summer, they won't invest as much in the squad? Just on that, I mean, before we get into it, I just think it's it's interesting, isn't it, this Will still dynamic? Because if you look at the, the previous managers that Sunderland have appointed, they haven't necessarily been from, from Europe. So this sort of, you know, thinking that they'll go for a European coach, expansive and thinking. We haven't actually seen that yet with, with the different appointments that we've had. We've had Lee Johnson, Alex Neal, Tony Mowbray. So it would be a different approach. Yeah, it would. And it kind of, it's felt like an approach that would fit an awful lot of what Sunderland are trying to do, hasn't it? I mean, I, I think um, Dwight probably makes a decent point because I think a lot of it is money. Um, you know, there was interest in Will still. There was interest in another couple of managers overseas. Um, but the money didn't work. Now, um, clearly, there is a financial cost to getting rid of Tony Mowbray, appointing Michael Beale, and then getting rid of Michael Beale two months later. Um, I guess one thing you would say is he hasn't come in with a whole host of backroom staff, so it's really just Beale we're talking about. But there's still clearly a, you know, a, a compensation there, and then you're potentially having to pay to get a manager out of somewhere if that's the direction you want to go down. So I think it will have an impact in terms of what Sunderland are able to do in the summer, yes. Now, the caveat to that is if you sell Jack Clark for the kind of money that Sunderland potentially sell Jack Clark for, then your ability to do what you want to do in the transfer market is clearly transformed at a stroke. You've got to replace the best player in your team, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if we're realistic, there has to be a decent chance that if Sunderland don't get promoted this season, Jack Clark goes to play in the Premier League next year. That then transforms what Sunderland are able to do. So I don't think it's a case of that Sunderland will not be in a position to be able to pay compensation in the summer. Because like I say, you're potentially in a very different situation come the summer, um, but it will be an impact. Now, going back to the Mike Dodds, you know, we'll, we'll probably get a decent indication in the next few hours of, of what Sunderland are going to be doing. But I would have thought Dodds to the end of the season makes a lot of sense in so many different ways. Firstly, because, it, you know, this squad now has had so much upheaval in the last few weeks and months. That in some ways, surely the last thing you need at this stage is someone else coming through the door with completely their own ideas and and their own, you know, who they want to play, who they don't want to play. How at least with Dodds, he's got an immediate handle on the squad. The players clearly like him and trust him from from what happened in his last caretaker spell. So that's a big tick in the box straight away. And then if you give him it to the end of the season, it then buys you that couple of months to a have a proper strategic look at what you want to do. And B, by the end of the season, you're potentially then able to get a completely different pool of coaches than you'd be able to bring in now. So for me, it makes an awful lot of sense, especially because Dodds has proved that he can do the job. Yeah, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, so bear with me. But the one side to Dodds that we saw from his recent, um, obviously, stint as caretaker was... He really wanted that time off. It seemed to really exhaust him a bit after after those couple of games. Now, I don't know whether that was just because of how hectic the period was that he was in charge. I don't know what you think, uh, Joe. That's not me saying I don't think he's ready. That's just playing devil's yeah, yeah. advocate because obviously the results that they've got were good results. You know, that win over Leeds, win over West Brom, two good results. Yeah, you're right. But that is also something that the club will have had to have decided on before 
we're reaching the point that we're at where both are going to part ways the teams yeah. you know if, if if they don't have someone to bring in immediately then the conversation has to have been had with mike dodds in terms of if that's the way they're going to go for an interim period otherwise then you just you kind of scatter gun again aren't you but i agree with scott it makes sense because at this moment in time you kind of need a little bit of all hands on deck because it's been so sporadic over the well basically throughout the season to be honest i know tony mowbray started but you can go back to the playoff semi-final last year with the links with francisco fariola they came out of nowhere really didn't they and that sort of caused a little bit of unrest with certainly with mowbray and then is he going to go isn't he going to go they then committed to, to tony mowbray is that something that they should have just stood firm on and, and gone with him last summer or you know all these things are probably playing on in the background to where we've got to this point now where like we're saying this has just obviously been the admitting an error in judgment yeah and then just obviously to round things up we'll just bring it back to obviously that that article in the financial times yesterday by carol who once again stressed the need for promotion so as we've touched on here you know that lee johnson sacking that was documented in the netflix sun until i die carol explains that he felt like they weren't going to win promotion it feels very similar here it does it does and and you know again i don't want to keep banging the drum i guess but that that kind of brings you back to well you know I, I, are they running the club to give whoever is the head coach the best chance of winning promotion every season that they're in charge of and and that you know that then brings us back to recruitment it brings us back to what type of players it's like, you know it's, it's all kind of rounds up into one doesn't it but but i mean you know yeah, what, what what this shows is there is still a determination at board level to win promotion this season. That's why you get rid of Michael Beale. Now, we can argue to the cows come on whether that's possible and whether whether you know whether they're set up to do that, et cetera, et cetera, and all the things we've talked about. But you know, whatever whatever happens next, whether it is the appointment of a new boss or whether it is Mike Dodds till the end of the season. Whoever is in that hot seat is clearly going to be charged with, you need to get us in the playoffs in these remaining 30 matches. Well, for all the reasons we've talked about, that's going to be a real battle. To then win the playoffs on the back of that is going to be an even bigger battle, given that you're going to be coming up against at least one of Leeds or Southampton. You know, an Ipswich who are kind of rediscovering the form, etc., etc. So, yeah, an awful lot on the plate of whoever comes in next. Um, but... What you would see is, you know, you are taking over a side that at various stages of this season has shown that it is more than capable of winning football matches in the championship and putting together a winning run. So I don't think it's a case of everything's completely lost. I do think it's a case of this has been a really, really bad two months for the power brokers at Sunderland for a whole host of different reasons. Yeah, just completely great. Alex Neal, they need a sort of repeat of that run, don't they? What's he doing? Does anybody know? No, jokes, <laughs> jokes aside, jokes aside, you know, they are in a really critical period now for the rest of the season. I mean, thanks to those who, who've joined us so far. I mean, it's, as you know, we are Sunderland's now live. Um, it's six months of subscription for just £1. If you enter that and subscribe, you can win um, a signed shirt from the 2021 Papa John's Trophy Final, so head over there, subscribe. Just before we head off, obviously we're expecting an announcement um, later today. Joe, what would you like to see happen next? Um, I think there's just got to be some clarity, doesn't there? There's got to be some acceptance that this has been the wrong decision uh, and 
some guidance on where the club are going to go next because it feels very fragile at the moment. You know, you can look at playing staff, you can look at the sort of managerial roles, finances, whatever you want to look at. Ultimately, there needs to be a little bit of guidance on what is what is coming and not necessarily aspirations in terms of saying we're going to do this in terms of reaching promotion, but this is our next step for the next 13 games. I think you, yeah. they have to kind of block it off in, in that way at the minute. Uh, if it is Dodds, you come out and say it's, it's Dodds right now until the end of the season and then we'll we'll refresh then. Don't kind of let it just linger on as though there might be an appointment between now and the end of the season. Set that stall out and then it's got to be a case of trying to, like I said before, get all hands on deck and you don't want to, I'm not going to say salvage a season because it's not lost, like what Scott said. You know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. four points adrift, and I think we've we've all sort of said collectively it does feel as though it might be a struggle for them to reach the playoffs, but they, they are still in that conversation until they're not, you know what I mean? So these next five games are crucial, and then you get to the international break where everyone can kind of have a bit of a reset as well. But it's important that as you, you, you try and get some sort of of form you know they're at home at the weekend it's going to be really interesting to see sort of what the the reaction to that's been because the last couple of home games we've seen sort of banners unfurled as well haven't we so there's clearly been a bit of discontent or, or certainly frustrations that are getting aired over the course of the last two months and that is ultimately down to the decision makers at the club getting things what supporters feel are wrong and obviously with bill like we think is going to leave just backing that up as well yeah that's it. Thanks very much for joining us. We've been We Are Sunland in partnership with the Fire Museum and Cospex Opticians in Durham. Be sure to check out We Are Sunland throughout the rest of the, the evening and then tomorrow as we look to move this on a bit further. We'll have all the latest news as and when it happens. Thanks for joining me, fellas. Thank you. Cheers.